0: Well, as expected, Thursday turned out to be a great day here at Sun and Fun 2023. The weather was just great all day long. We didn't have the uh, clouds to keep the sun off of us like we did the day before, but uh, it was just a very, very pleasant day. And the big excitement of the day here at Sun and Fun was the arrival and first practice flights of the Navy's Blue Angels. Uh, it's uh, it's always exciting to see that happen here. They arrived late morning, uh, and, and if that wasn't loud enough noise because it was, when with all those jets arriving. Uh very, very quickly afterwards they did a series of, I believe, three different practice flights. Uh the schedule described the first two as being area familiariz- familiarization flights, uh, where they just went up and flew around and apparently they look for different landmarks that they're gonna be using during their performances. Um and then uh around four in the afternoon they went up and did the actual uh performance practice where they were just zooming around the area doing what they do. It was just spectacular and beautiful and um, really looking forward to the official performances that begin on uh, Friday afternoon. Uh, Like I said, the day was really, really pleasant. It was just a a nice day here at uh, at Sun and Fun. Uh, As the day wound down, uh, I had an opportunity to sit down and chat a little bit with uh, Sun and Fun Radio Chairman Dave Shelbetter, who we talk about a lot. He's become a good friend, both of the podcast and personally, but uh, he is a long time, I mean really long time Sun and Fun volunteer. He's been volunteering here since he was like a teenager and his parents were volunteers here. So uh, he had has a lot of perspective on how this show has evolved over the years and what some of the earlier days were like and i wanted to hear a little bit about that so we sat down uh, in the early evening when uh, things were quieting down and chatted a little bit about the early days of the sun and fun Fly-in. here's that conversation so david you've been coming you've been at sun and fun for a long time 45 years this 45 year. 45 years. So you were a volunteer from the very beginning? Or? Very first time. Well, how, well, how, how? He must have been like two years old.
1: <laughs> Thank you, Jack. No, I'm actually, I was 16 years old. My first son and Fun, uh-huh. I was 16 years old. Um, we had just moved down from Minnesota. We had done Oshkosh. We knew about Sun and Fun. We wanted to come see what Sun and Fun was like. My mother, own came, um, you know, brought me with. We volunteered. We had a blast. In fact, uh, Arthur Henderson... Wade Henderson, Billy Henderson's two sons, and uh, another guy that we volunteered with, and actually Arthur's daughter, who I knew when she was pregnant in her mother's belly uh-huh. way back in my early days. Uh-huh. Uh, we're at the, at the radio station tonight. It was great to see. Him. Yeah, it was good. I just love seeing my old friends. How?
0: W- what are your early memories of the of the fly-in? What was it like back then?
1: Well. You know the area down here where the media headquarters used to be, the media yep. building that was a seaplane building, yep. and the Cessna building and the the barbecue joint. Yeah. There's a shower house right in the middle of that area. I know what you mean. Because that was the original campground. That little teardrop drive, that was the campground. That little teardrop drive area was mm-hmm. the entire campground. And then one year we came and they were like, "Well, well we're going to move the we're going to move the campground out to here." Which is now the southeast exhibit just across the creek behind the station. Uh huh. And we were like, "Oh my god, that's so far away." <laughs> <laughs> the I mean, nothing was here. There was no. The, I I remember when Hangar A went up, and the original location of the Florida Air Museum was inside Hangar A. Uh, okay. So this was all. I mean, it was amazing back then. The the FAA forums and everything were held in tents.
0: Yeah. Uh, you, you you were mentioning some names of some, some of the, the, the kids of the founder. Yeah, you, you hung. They were kids here too at that time.
1: They were early twenties. They're a little little barely older, I Four, yeah. you know, five, six years older than I was at the time. And Arthur Henderson, who was actually the very first museum director, um, his brother Wade. Wade Henderson was out here a lot and uh and again he had Arthur had his daughter with her and, and Melissa and like I said, I I knew Melissa before she was born because during Sun Fun Arthur's wife was pregnant. Mm-hmm. So uh yeah. yeah, it was a good time. It was it was all together altogether different, a whole lot different fly-in. We did dawn patrols, guys would wake up before the sun came up and sneak out of the campground and Run out and jump into their airplanes and take off and buzz the campground and circle back and land and run back in and climb back into their tents and then come crawling. and go, "Oh, I was up there flying that early." <laughs> and the uh, it was just it was it was a family back then. We all have our own little cliques and our groups in the campgrounds now. Back then, it was one family group in the campground. We'd, and nobody had the fancy motorhomes with air conditioning and insulation and, and flat screens. We were there in tents and, and vans. And, you know, I slept in the back of my station wagon a few years just so I wasn't sleeping on the ground. But it was one. It was just a family. It was fun. We, you know, we had the corn there. The corn now, you buy corn, it's $3 an year. Back then, it was a quarter. You know, you didn't buy You didn't buy the corn. You bought the paper towel, and the corn was free. So. What were some of the volunteer jobs you did back in those first days? My very first volunteer job was security at a gate, volunteer security. And our entrance gate was where our octagon building is now. Okay, That's where the, the, where ticket, the main the, ticket yeah, building yeah. is. That was the entrance. And that was general parking was about where the museum is and stuff. And then that was the entrance to get in and, and, to VIP park and the VIP parking and that kind of stuff. Yeah, and so you did gate stuff. What else did, I did you do? I did. I did gate work. I did security. Um, I did one year. I worked with the Fly Market, the Plane Parts Mart. I worked on the Plane Parts Mart. Um, I worked with Bonnie Higby and media, and then I started in media probably late '80s, maybe that I started being a media volunteer, and then in '95, the uh, well in '94, I '93 and '94. We had a station WLKF out Here out of Lakeland Doing live remote broadcasts From the grounds And I was the media center liaison To WLKF mm-hmm. They had a guy by the name of Nick Ashton Who was a Rush Limbaugh wannabe And they wanted somebody to babysit him And so that was my job was I was his liaison, was my title But I was babysitting him to make sure that he didn't Speak ill of us
0: <laughs> yeah. Um We lost Bonnie quite some time ago, but I was fortunate to know her for a few years. What was she like?
1: Bonnie Bam Bonnie Higby was something else. She was uh, she she became she was my chairman. She was the lady that I worked for, but we became fast friends and we became close friends. Yeah. And, I know that. I would come up and see her and you know, when I was coming up for off season stuff. But in ninety five they started the station and Bonnie came to me and said, We're gonna have a radio station, do you wanna help? And, well, that's a volunteer, you know, sure. What can I do? You know? I'm happy to help. They set me down at a microphone and they said, start talking and don't stop. And I said, <laughs> I can do that. <laughs> no, that's and that's literally. Well, it no, no,
0: I think you can do that. Uh, yeah, but so yeah, how did that what was the tech like for the radio the ra- I'm making finger quotes? The radio
1: station back. The radio station, actually, we still have all of our original radio station gear is here in the station. We've got a 1950s vintage AM transmitter. That still operates. It's, still, it's our backup transmitter. If anything ever goes wrong, we move two wires and we're back on the air. Uh, we had a realistic, a Radio Shack four-channel mixing board. We had two SM58 microphones on desk stands, the big heavy bass, mm-hmm. six-inch high desk stand. And that was our tech. And we put the, uh, we had our first playback system was a walkman type cassette player and we used an answering machine cassette tapes because they automatic automatic play they just keep playing mm-hmm. it's, the, it's the 747 engine going by that's right we saw that april and i saw that today <laughs> she was like oh that's cool
0: <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll convert her yet
1: yeah right a little yeah. bit at a time yeah, a little bit she's, at a time. she's been out twice now this year and yeah. She's had a lot of fun, so I'm hoping to get her
0: out. Um returning to just kind of generally the the fly-in back in those days. What, what was the air show like? Was there an air show like now? Oh, it was now? spectacular. Yeah. It was it was So there was, was an was
1: aerobatics air from, show. Oh yeah, every day. Every day in fact. That was a big that was a big point of I don't want to say contention discussion every year coming into the fly-in was how long do we want how much of an air show do we want to do do we want to do five days of all day air show or do we want to do you know And actually asked it was seven days back then do we want to do seven days of day long air show or do we want to do fly-in and air show. And it was settled on fly-in and air show over, you know, we tried here tried I say we, Sun and Fun tried different things. I don't want to make any I wasn't in on the, the decision making back then. Right. I was a kid, I was a volunteer. They they value their volunteers and they took our input, but I didn't have any yeah. any decision making capabilities. So there was a daily air show like there, there is now. There was a daily air show like there is now some years. It was long, you know six hours five five six hours you know a couple years we did an abbreviated show probably a three or four hour show um they would run it they would run a shorter show the first couple days first few days and then a longer show on a thing but what was amazing back then was it was a, a sunday to saturday event it started on sunday and ended on saturday and we would wind up getting slammed opening day and you know, you know how it is. Anything that can go wrong goes wrong on opening day. So our busiest day was where we had all the problems. And Billy always used to joke if we could start it on Saturday and end it on Sunday, we'd be in good shape, you know. Um, but and then they switched the formats, and then they realized that it was better to do a midweek start. And then for a while we ran Tuesday through Monday. Still running seven days. And then I don't I'm not sure how many years ago we switched to a Tuesday through Sunday because Monday was always dead quiet. Yeah. People wanted to come out, they come out on the weekend. M- Monday, Monday, the last day of the show was jokingly referred to as vendor bonding day. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And what was the fly-in
1: part of it like? Was there a lot of it, uh, private airplanes flying in back then? There were. There were a lot of private airplanes. You gotta remember the the whole home-built the area or you yeah. know, conception what a, has
0: changed. Put a date on this. What, what year are we talking give or take?
1: I couldn't really throw a date on it because yeah. what happened was home built, building your own aircraft became more popular. Mm-hmm. So companies started coming out with kits because you got to remember in the original days, guys were welding up fuselages in their garages I mean, or in their hangars. They were taking they were taking tubes of steel and turning them into airplanes. And they were building their own ribs and they were building their main spars and they were coating their own airplanes, covering their own airplanes, doing every bit of their own avionics. It was not uncommon for a guy to build a plane over five, six years, you know, because it took that many hours. As kit-built aircraft got to be more popular the, the home-built side of things dwindle down a little bit, they're still considered experimental aircraft because you're doing 51% of the work. That's what you... You have to do 51% yeah. of the work yourself. Yeah. And that's the magic number. And most kit companies really have it down to a science that, okay, this is 49% of the work that we're going to do for you. And then you come in and do the other. So, and then... But they people started buying airplanes more than building airplanes. And our, I'm glad to see Sun and Fun is is returning to the experimental routes, and they've moved home-built out in the main area. We've seen a, a fundamental shift in the grounds this year towards the... Whatever direction. East end. I'm I'm trying to get my bearings here. Yep. I get turned around. (laughs) But um and they've moved home-built, home built camping and everything else down into the heart of it to keep them there. So whereas before the west end of the showgrounds was all home built out in front of the core area and the commercial exhibits. And as you widened open, then we had Warbirds. And, and contemporary or antique and classic and in Paradise City out there, you know. So, but they've shifted everything this year. There's a huge shift down that direction yes. towards the NOAA building and all that. And I'm glad to see it because it's opening up. And the island is is outstanding. I mean, that, that was a, such a sorely, sorely needed services down that end of the field. And Gene Conrad at the helm, we're, we're rocking it. Yeah
0: thinking back over all these years that you've been doing this, are are there any particular memories you have that you think are kind of the epitome of what makes Sun & Fun special?
1: There was a guy that I worked with and that was volunteering. We were both volunteers. And early on I asked him what he did. And he says, oh, I I work for Napa. You know, that's all he really said was, I work for Napa. Auto parts. Yeah, yeah, auto parts store. And Throughout the whole week, you know, and somebody cares. great guy, great guy, um, down to earth as they come. Throughout the whole week, you know, we talked, it was like just somebody that I'd known, you know, I volunteered together. We were, I mean, I was a kid, he was an adult, you know, but somewhere near the end of the week, somebody said, well, do you know what he does? And I said, well, he's an auto part, so he works at Napa. He says, he doesn't work for Napa. He owns the Napa franchise and about a square block of downtown Tampa And the, the, the epitome of sun and fun for me is that it is a massive equalizer. You don't know if the guy that you're standing there chatting with is somebody that, that like me, that's just a working stiff. I work for a living. I'm not a rich man, you know, um, or if it is somebody who has huge money, the, the, the aviation, And the the love of Sun and Fun and the love of aviation really bring people from all classes and all walks together. And I've never found myself judged here at Sun and Fun. I mean, judged for being a stupid kid and making mistakes and people getting mad at me. Yeah, but I had that coming. But I've never, I've never ever felt looked down on because I'm not mega wealthy or because the guy I'm talking to is and you don't know it, you know, so I think it's fun as fun as the epitome and we, we tell people you come the first time for the airplanes, you come back for the family. The epitome of sun and fun was Arthur and Wade coming to see me and sitting there and laughing about the partying we were doing back in the crazy early days of the ultralights when it was a bunch of hippies with hang gliders and and the fun that we had. And I mean, it's still a blast. And we still have, we're a lot more responsible, but we're, you know, we're, we got grandchildren now. <laughs> That's true.
0: It was great talking with David and hearing some of these stories and uh, just getting a chance to realize how far the Sun and Fun Fly-in has come over the years. Looking forward to Friday. It's going to be a great day. We're going to get the first performance of the Blue Angels as well as just all the other usual good stuff that happens at the Sun and Fun Fly-in. And then as the weekend arrives, Jeb should be returning. And I think we're going to get a visit from James Winbrandt and uh, who knows who else might appear. Anyways, this is... Uh, ucap daily one zero six seven i think it's charlie anyways that's enough for now we'll talk to you next time